everyone. We're back. A whole month away from school and the booth. And a whole month in our fields and trying to fix all the small mental issues on our break. <laughs> wow. Just kidding. I think. But no, <laughs> we're back. We're better than ever. It's me, Matt Gossip, the OG. Alejandro Ramos. And Francisco Valladares. The gang's y'all here. Ready to get it started. Season two promises to be better than season one. We haven't got canceled yet. Thank God. We haven't gotten canceled. We had, there's a, we needed a break though. Uh, everyone else went on break and we thought, hey, why don't we go on break? Uh, we recharged our batteries. We all went back home. We got to see the family we've been missing for so long. It was a very taxing semester, especially because us three boys were about to graduate. Hey. So we we're just making sure that's still on track. And now we're here, our last semester at Long Beach State University and trying to just finish the year strong and make sure this pod is as good as it can be. It's going to be a great, great new season here. Uh, we have a ton of issues, ton of things that we're ready to just throw up. We have a huge word bank, a topic bank with just all the things we could talk about. And we're just excited to go. We were much more organized than we were last semester. We're still getting the kinks out. But with your help, we're going to get there, and we would like to have your feedback. So if you actually like these episodes, please feel free to leave comments on the SoundCloud or leave a rating or review on the Apple Podcast app, and we can get started on getting better and be more inclusive and have all the – just make sure we touch upon all the ideas and make sure the podcast itself sounds very smooth and very organized. So thank you for that. And – Without further ado, we're going to get back in the swing of things. This first episode in season two, we're going to be talking about Larry Headass Nasser, um, the U.S. gymnastics coach who has been charged with has been charged with so many sexual misconduct um, allegations regarding children gymnasts. Um, there's a lot of big names involved in this case, like Olympians Jordan Weaver, Simone Biles. Ali Reisman and among just so many other gymnasts that were probably abused while they were at, with the uh, U.S. Gymnastics. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that first issue. Then we're going to jump right back into the NBA roundup. We're going to discuss whether our month-old Lakers predictions for December were actually correct. Um, preview of that, know that we were com completely wrong. They were the exact opposite of what we thought was going to happen. So we're going to talk about that. And... Talk about how dumb it is to pretend that the Warriors actually aren't the best team still. Um, the Rockets beat them, and everyone in Houston lost their marbles. We're going to flame their local Twitter and discuss that. And on top of that, we're going to talk about why the hell everyone's fighting in the NBA. We have a lot of postulations. Fran has a really, really good um, kind of theory, working theory, that we're going to dissect. And we're going to just keep it short uh, this time around. We've structured the podcast to be around 40 minutes so we're going to try to keep it nice and concise easier to listen to and it's just going to be cool we're going to be able to post it right before the weekend starts you guys can listen to it on your weekend break or you can listen to it on your monday commute hopefully it's a good start to your week after that so yeah just stick around for that and we're going to get started after a break from these messages
And we're back. It was nice to actually hear that kind of hymn, that little little song that we have on our transition. It's nice to hear that back again, even though we didn't really play that. We're going to enter that in post. But yeah, with the <laughs> we're going to get started here. So the big topic that's been not really been discussed all that often, and I think sports talk and big sports media like ESPN or any of those guys. I think just maybe just because uh, it's the sport itself, but U.S. Gymnastics is undergoing a huge scandal right now. The former USA Gymnastics doctor, Larry Nasser, was charged with, I believe, I just want to get these right. There's so many accounts. He's been charged with numerous accounts of sexual misconduct with minors while he was the doctor for the U.S. Olympics um, national team. And a lot of these accounts are wide varying in what kind of what Dr. Nasser did. And it's just been one of those things that it's incredible that something of this sort, this this issue has been going on for so long. It's been happening for over a decade. And it's to some of the most prominent figures that we as fans of U.S. sports have been watching the Olympics, like big names, like I mentioned before, Jordan Weber, Ali Reisman, Michaela Maroney, Simone Biles, all these w- women who performed in the Summer Olympics and won gold medals and what have you, they were being... They were being abused sexually under the guise of medical treatment. So he was supposedly performing his duties as a doctor, but he was... Um, Doing things he should have been doing. Hmm. And the number is now up to 144 uh, victims. Is that right, friend? What? It's 144 victims now, right? 144 victims. You're the one that had that number. Is what it came out to, yeah. Yeah. And it was okay. So now we're getting more. And this is over the span of, uh, shoot, 1986 to now. What is that? Three decades? 1996. 1996? Yeah. Think. Oh, 1986. Yeah, so 1986 is when he started as, as medical staff of USA Gymnastics as an athletic trainer. So we can maybe didn't start right away, but we can assume that that was the the entryway, that was mm-hmm. the gateway to him starting down this this sort of uh, just very vile lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It's, just, it's so many. There's so many details. For us to to go over with this, but I think. Well, let's start off by saying the dude is trash. The dude like, is straight yeah. up. The dude's terrible. The dude's a monster, and. Because the dude, imagine like, the medical field is such a like sensitive thing. It's like it's this time where you have with a medical professional that's like private, and it kind of just getting abused. Like, dude, like you're, people like people were paying. I think because one girl, she's still paying uh, Michigan State money that she owed the school for treatment that Larry Nassar gave her. Yeah. Treatment, air quotes. Treatment, yeah. So she's still paying for the abuse, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's something you have to keep living with. So the dude's, like, disgusting, especially under the guise of the medical field, which is, like, something that's that's so, like, important in society, I guess. Yeah, um, so... Like Fran just mentioned, he was also a 
he was also part of the athletic program staff at Michigan State. He there was conducted various um, violations um, of medical malpractice. A lot of them were just usually post-injury. Um, I don't think we really need to dissect whether any of these allegations are true. It's pretty evident that since the multitude of allegations, the amount of evidence has been found, um, that most of these, if not all of them, are going to be true allegations. And I don't think we're really here to discuss that. What we really wanted to touch upon was just how these kinds of things are enabled, especially knowing that Larry Nasser is a male doctor. Usually, um, that period, that that the fact that Larry Nasser is a male doctor that really plays into the fact that a lot of these um, athletes that were uh, all these athletes that were being violated were actually women. So, just kind of dissecting that and unpacking the male privilege of the situation here. Um, Weirdly enough, they made me take a training for my new position here on campus. Um, and it's uh, a training on how to identify when children are being sexually abused or, or abused in general, you know, physically. Um, and it was actually really enlightening because it's it's stuff that's kind of c- common sense, but it's stuff that a lot of people wouldn't think about. Or they just, yeah, neglect it. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the things that really stuck out to me is how they're able to get away with it. And the reason that a lot of these adult child abusers are able to get away with it is because the psychology of a child, for them, they have this sort of understanding that what they're doing is wrong because it feels wrong, it feels dirty, um, but they're afraid of getting in trouble for it. They're afraid that they're they're um, they're gonna get in trouble for it. They're not gonna be accepted. They're not gonna be listened to. And on top of that, most of the time, the abusers will do other things to sort of have blackmail on the kid. So they'll make them do drugs with them. They'll make them watch porn with them don't make them drink with them so on top of being abused they're also being coerced into this other behavior that the kid definitely knows is bad so again reinforcing that notion that what they're doing is wrong and that's just going to further push them inwards into themselves so that they don't want to talk about it um and when you take that into consideration you can see how and why a lot of these girls didn't speak up until years Mm -hmm. later but that still doesn't absolve USA Gymnastics. The This whole story actually started from an article through the Indie Star, um, which is a local uh, USA Today subsidiary. And there's a lot of, there's a it's a super deep dive. It's, it's really, really long. But one of the things that I just looked over as I was skimming through it is that USA Gymnastics received complaints for years, mm-hmm. for years. And they just kept them tucked away in the, their executive offices mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. So it's, it's yes, these girls didn't speak out until years later, until they were more comfortable with it, they made peace with it. But that still doesn't change the fact that USA Gymnastics knew. Mm. They knew this was happening. They knew there were complaints, not just against Nassar. They had documents on up to 50 doctors. Mm-hmm. Right? And we talked about this in our group chat. Like, one of the other things that that training session taught me was only 3% of child abusers get caught. Mm-hmm. The other 97% continue doing it. You think about Nassar is the only name we're focusing on. Mm-hmm. There's 50 other Potential. doctors that had complaints against them. Potential abusers. Mm-hmm. We don't know any of them. Yeah. It's scary um, just addressing that too since you say um, just trying to 
put a voice to all the allegations. So Jordan Weber, who was kind of the darling for the 2012 Olympics as a gymnast, she uh, tore her hamstring when she she tore her right hamstring when she was 14, and then that's when Nassar became kind of just started to apply different treatment. So she talked about how that really made her really uncomfortable uh, with her teammates, Michaela Maroney and Ali Reisman, but she wasn't sure how to process it. So she said, I knew it felt strange, but he was the team, national team doctor. Who was I to question his treatments or even more risk my chance at making the Olympic team or being chosen to compete internationally? And I think that's what really is the core issue here. Just preferencing success by any means over actual respect for just the athlete, the sport itself. And you get that kind of culture here in the U.S. a lot, especially there's that kind of exceptionalism. We're always going to keep winning. We want to have the most gold medals. Every single Olympics, we want to have the most medals or we want to be the most successful instead of just focusing on what's really important here as far as like competitive spirit and respect toward the athletes. athletes. And it's just kind of, it's insulting that we're going to keep on putting success over decency, human decency, humanity, how are we going to keep on prefacing that over everything else? And just because we either tend to ignore it or even if people know about it, they they rather say, you know what, it's like necessary evil kind of thing. A lot of that is applied to other sports too. Like just one of those things that can you, you can apply it to not even just um, – just outward sexual misconduct allegations. Same thing happens in high contact sports. You want that. You want athletes to perform better when they're hurt. You're going to give them illegal drugs or something like of that. Or something like that. Same thing happened in Penn State. Penn State was a powerhouse in football for so many years. Jerry Sandusky did similar acts with um, children too when he was a co- coach, and then again sweeped under the rug just because success and money and all these other things is more important than humanity, and that's just. Another sad thing about sports, as much as it brings people together, it almost comes with the veil of ignorance. Like we have to just kind of shut ourselves out to these issues so we can actually enjoy what's happening in front of us. But that's just it's such a toxic system that, again, needs to keep on being addressed. And I'm happy we're addressing it here with us three. Um, it's just one of those things I don't know how it's ever going to be able to stop this until someone actually more people talk about it. It's just depressing that this case is gonna probably gonna get thrown under the rug. It's already not even on national headline news. Well, We're talking about football scores. Even though I love football, this is BS that this is not the main issue here. Well, that's why we're here, right? We're fighting the mm-hmm. good fight for the stories that aren't gonna make national news. It's a national story. Mm-hmm. If you go on any sports site, it's probably one of the top stories on there. But most people don't go on national sports sites. It's in, they go, they watch their local news, they watch their ESPNs. Nobody's really talking about it, but we're here, we're going to talk about it. And this is one of those things where word of mouth is really going to help spread this and spread awareness of this type of thing. You know, gymnastics is one of those sports that girls start when they're really young. And I would hate to think about how many girls are going through stuff like this at the lower level, at the lower circuits, you know, this is the cream of the crop. 
this is the highest level of gymnastics and we're barely hearing about it we're barely getting any action so i can only imagine what's happening at the lower levels yeah. so really if you know anybody that's in gymnastics i would just say you know be vigilant yeah. you know lo look out for you know the little girls that are in gymnastics right now make sure that you know their coach their doctor nobody none of them is trying to do anything yeah. with them um so the thing about this situation do you guys think it should like you think it's gonna hurt usa gymnastics when it like going forward do you, you think know, this is gonna tarnish kind of what they've i guess tried to build with like success and stuff like that i think it will yeah and i don't care yeah exactly <laughs> I, I you can't thing. take away the individual achievement of the athletes performing in real time their performances yeah. on the stage but as a whole as a success as a program yeah it sucks yeah the I whole thing has to get torn down and rebuilt yeah and i like i like when we were on the on the break i let you guys know that like three board members already got canned which is good that's a good start but now you have to keep on like doing that there's other larry nassars out there that's like not bs you were saying there's other like 50 counts of of like possible misconduct so that's something they have to keep looking forward like they have to stop messing around with like not believing women that's been like the issue like just why are we not believing these these girls these or, women yeah that, just that give these claims like they have no reason to lie and do you know what's uh, yeah it's just another thing nasser said today um he was uncomfortable listening to all the accounts and i'm like i'm so glad honestly i'm so glad he's like the fact he's that making him sit there and yeah. like think about what he did because like that, oh man that, why that does article, he have anything to be upset about that article made me really upset because it's just you you're the one who you ruined so many people's lives yeah and they the incredible thing sitting here talking about it it's just like when you think about it it's so incredible that how many of these girls became like top level athletes with this kind of like stress psychological it. mental trauma just just think about it like the years of abuse that they went through and yet they still went out there and performed on the highest level and are the top gymnasts in the world he didn't have to he didn't have to do this when we talk about like oh like america does anything for success like this is why did this have to be a step on the way mm it didn't and it I'm didn't not, I'm he could have sure just why. been a, a good straight doctor and just done he his just job no but even that because he's a shit person like that's that's the matter of fact but i think this is goes more on usa gymnastics because they swept it under the rug at first this was something that they hid like i'm like i was saying they gave michaela maroney who's one of the top athletes a freaking mda like to tell her like shut up we're giving you this money don't tell anyone and that's ridiculous yeah you know it's just bad because it just adds more to like the system that comes with uh, rape culture, um, that accountability is always put on the victim to say mm -hmm. something and speak up, and then everybody else is just okay with it and doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. And like, then if you know as a bystander or as someone who's not directly involved in it, you can't just turn a blind eye. That just perpetuates it. Yeah, more. and then on top of that, like, because yeah, we're putting pressure on people to come out, right? But then mm -hmm. when they do come out, we tell him, no, shut up. It's not going to matter. Nobody's going to care. Mm -hmm. Right? That's ridiculous. Stop. You're going to ruin his life. Yeah. Like, that's he has the, a bright future. That's like unfortunately society we've been living in. Think about his scholarship. I think a lot of that, especially with the, you know, the Me Too movement and all that, it's kind of put a different light on, on victims and I think, you know, hopefully has empowered them to like not just give up i guess mm -hmm. you know like there's help out there it's just yeah it's nerve-wracking that there's probably so many other doctors out there now that are probably supporting 
the victims that were in this Nasser case that actually probably maybe even violated the same athletes too. It's one of those things that happened with the Golden Globes when they were the Time's Up pins, and then you find out that James Franco and Aziz Ansari and all these other people were actually charged with sexual misconduct, and they were wearing the pins. Like This is another thing that needs to be addressed as someone who's supposed to be allies and trying to support mo- movements instead of immediately jumping out there and be like, look it, we're, su- we're supporting them too. We're trying to understand the situation. Just listen first. Just listening. I feel like we have done our due diligence as far as listening as much as possible. And now um, we have to, us, at least this podcast has to be able to address this and take it on and actually call out our peers for perpetuating this behavior by either not talking about it at all or trying to dismiss it. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate everyone here wanting to talk about that, especially kind of a very heavy topic uh, for the very first episode back. The largest, worst epidemic of sexual abuse in the history of sports. Um, Thank you guys for actually bringing the heat and actually being able to talk about it. Appreciate it. So with that, uh, we're going to be transitioning back to NBA talks, keep it lighthearted. It's going to be more of your goofy boys. We like to keep it a little goofy here. Um, We're going to be talking about our horrible predictions for the Lakers in winter. I don't know if you remember anyone. We're going to discuss it. Just want to let you know that we were completely wrong and we still don't know what we're doing technically. Um, And on top of that, we're going to talk about the chaos that is NBA Twitter, especially when things don't go unexpected, such as the Rockets being the Warriors, and we're also going to address why there's been so many fights in the NBA recently. Why is this a thing? We don't think it's just natural. It's definitely an anomaly. Our in-house physicist slash doctor slash (laughs) slash social expert Fran will be able to give us his view, and then we'll end it there, um, and we'll let you go for the weekend. So thanks. Welcome, your Los Angeles Lakers. I was trying to do the Staples. I was do the Staples Center voice guy. I don't. Does that sound like that? Dude's like he's kind of basic. Like I feel like other stadiums have like these crazy. He goes, Miami Heat. Yeah, those dudes. But like we, the Lakers have like a chill dude. Like classical. Yeah, like he's basic, but he's good. What's because in the past they didn't need to do all that because they were winning. But the Lakers created cheerleaders. In in basketball, no other teams had them before. The I Lakers mean, the did Lakers it. also created excellence, which they're not backing up right now. Yeah, so. speaking of which, oh <laughs> damn, that was a good segue, but damn, it hurt. <laughs> so earlier last month, we predicted the Lakers would win, I believe, um, four games, and they yeah. won four games pretty quickly. Um, and then they lost the rest of the games <laughs> against scrub teams that we didn't think they'd lose to. So now. Obviously, we cannot really revisit any of that. You would have to kind of follow along with us in the box scores and basketball reference and cheese like that. But we want to kind of address just 
What is going on with the Lakers? I, yeah, I don't. Where are we going to start with? First, Caldwell Pope sucks. We hate him. He should go back to jail. Stay there. And then we want him to play again for us just because yeah. everyone else gets hurt. Actually, let me take this moment now that you brought it up. To, to uh, Mr. Caldwell Pope, Contavious, Kenny. Kenny. I'm sorry that I created a change.org thing that said the Lakers should move to Minneapolis when you were in jail so we wouldn't have to watch you play anymore. <laughs> I know it was stupid. I mean, I did it because I knew it was stupid. I thought it'd be kind of funny. But I'm sorry I made it. You made it. You got a couple signatures. It was funny. Like, you was, have to apologize for every single signature on there. How many there, signatures? There has I get? to be at least. I think like, I only got like two. There's got to be at least it five. Got, it got like nine. Nine? That's pretty fucking Whoa. good. Whoa. Okay. I honestly thought it topped off at two. I didn't check it again. Um, okay. So I'm sorry. Those nine people agree. <laughs> That's funny. That was a good. Wait, that, can I see what I signed? Um, yeah. That was a go. good. I'm trying to find it. I right thought now. that was a good meme on my end, but uh, it wasn't that you, funny. It wasn't that yeah. good. Yeah. Honestly, that's a good meme. Less problematic than a do you know the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, when I realized do you know the way. Well, we can talk about that. Later, <laughs> we have our next future meme podcast coming up. <laughs> okay, but yeah. But yeah, I just want to apologize to so, KCP. Yeah, you have nine supporters You've got nine supporters. Wow, that's a lot of people. That's actually ridiculous. Stop KCP from chucking. Move so the Lakers back you to have Minneapolis. To <laughs> you have to apologize Wait, to KCP for I, eight more episodes. Wait, read the description. Go I got to read the description. This came out after we finished season one, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so. <clears throat> okay, so the official head, once again. Stop KCP from chucking, in all caps. Move the Lakers back to Minneapolis. And now the description. Contavious Caldwell Pope continues to chuck stupid three-pointers, so in an effort to stop this, the team was moved to Minneapolis. KCP cannot play games in California for the next 25 days. So, but I think you meant outside of California. What did I say? In California. Oh, my bad. So, by moving, we won't have to watch him anymore. I realize that this may be an overreaction and after the 25 days it'll be pointless, but it's our only hope. Thank you for supporting my movement. <laughs> so stupid. I mean, logistic, I logistically, that's a pretty smart plan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that'd be cool. I think we only have to move. For Yo, wait, days. could they? Could they possibly? Could they realistically move the team? No. Print out new jerseys. Print <laughs> out new no. ads. They already had the jerseys. They already had the jerseys. They do have the jerseys. Okay, here, here's the thing though. KCP's actually been good ever since he got out of jail, and the reason I felt bad. Is because, dude, you're in jail. He wasn't able to see his family and stuff. He only saw his family at Staples Center. You know, that's I, the only time he got to see his family. Actually, that's kind of depressing. Yeah, and that, when know. I thought about that, I was like, dude, he's literally going through. Like, he did some dumb stuff, but he's serving his time and still like, non non-violent. Oh being, man, I being felt in real jail bad. would take it out of you. Yeah, yeah, I felt really bad. Uh, yeah, actually, damn, why was I getting mad at Casey? That's yeah. kind of mean. But we could have been mad at Brooke Lopez, but we we already forgave Brooke. Oh, Lopez. I was mad at Brooke Lopez. But he he, got, he, <laughs> he, sh- he shot four threes the other night. Yeah, and we won up. for for whatever reason the Lakers keep winning. I don't know if I like they it. They won two yet. games in a row. And I do like that. But they won four games before that and then lost one and then they lost, won two more again. So well, we're let's on talk a, about how important Lonzo Ball is. Oh yes, please. Because for a bit they couldn't play with Adam. They lost nine straight when Lonzo Ball missed a couple games. They just don't run any well, they didn't run any like legitimate offense. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Tyler Ennis is not a good point guard. Can I put that Tyler, out there? Tyler Ennis? Yeah. He's bad. Uh, he's actually bad. Alex Caruso has uh, been better than him. Yeah, interesting. He deserves those minutes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was on Tyler Ennis or Luke Walton, though. Because I felt like Luke Walton did have his own bad stretch, I guess. Because some of the basketball was on him, if we're being honest. Mm. He just he wasn't running any like good stuff. The, the Lakers just looked lost. They didn't know what they were trying to do when they were on the court. 
And when they did do what they had to, they weren't able to execute. So it's like it was like a mix of being bad. It was a mix and, of and coaching, coaching was kind of whack and personnel. It's a winter slump. I think just maybe not having our best players on the court, especially now that the chemistry seems to be tight as possible. Like we're watching all these Instagram videos of Lonzo making fun of Kuzma, Kuzma making fun of Lonzo, Jordan Clarkson making fun of Alex Caruso, always having the bald hair, Ingram being making fun of, he looking like, uh, what do you say he looked like? Like Slenderman. He looked like Slenderman. They went to the movie theater, they looked (laughs) at the Slenderman post. R slash Lakers was lit after that joke. Oh man. It was Lakers. Off. It I'll tell you right now, Lakers Instagram, Lakers social media is probably tops in the league. Everybody else can just shove it. Sorry, yeah. Joel Embiid is like the only one. Oh, Sixers carrying, Twitter. No, Sixers Twitter is. He's carrying the Sixers wild. as a team, as a team, as far as social media is concerned. <laughs> All those Sixers Twitter. We'll make a power rankings of Trump, social Trump media. Trumpblazers Twitter's up there. The official Twitter for Trump. I'm not talking Twitter. about official. No, we're talking about we're talking about like player Twitter. Like, Okay. No, like fan base, player, like oh, yeah. organization. Lakers Twitter has been superior. Lakers are wild. All, they need to stop sometimes. Regards. But yeah, but yeah, the Lakers are good right now. Are we what saying that? that? Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. We're okay. They're playing good basketball hey. without their best players. Yeah. Hey, we're okay, but not just okay letters. Okay, a y. Okay. Ooh, that's that's yeah. very okay. important. Wait, can I shout out Jordan Clarkson? Oh, there though? you go. A little bit. He. Went off. Hey, Salamapob. He went off for 30 plus against the Pacers, right? And that game, he looked good. Then he goes off for 29 last night, which was beautiful. He won us two games, basically. Oh, and Julius Randle as well. But I say Jordan Clarkson had. Hey, Julius Randle gave freaking KP the work, bro. Porzingis didn't know what to do. Yeah. And as uh, our favorite Rob Perez, Worldwide Wob on Twitter, said, uh, LA nightlife it remains undefeated. If you come out to LA for a road game on the weekend, you're gonna probably play poorly. You're just gonna want to go out all night. Yeah. So it's another trick up our sleeve. I love that. So I love that. Like, here's what I like to imagine when people give the nightlife excuse. I like to think that like people see them out in the streets and they're smart. You know what I mean? They're like, if we get this dude drunk, he's not gonna be able to play as good tomorrow. Like if we just ruin it for tequila shots. For how many shots do you think Christoph Porzingis could take? He's, he's kind of skinny. He's lightweight. How many? Lightweight. Wait, but he's tall too. Yeah, okay. He's tall and wide. I don't I don't think I think Christoph Porzingis 6 6 shots. I think he's done with 3. Whoa. I think he's a super Hot lightweight. Take. Wait, no, but then don't don't doesn't he have an Instagram girl? Wait, then again, Christoph Porzingis is barely No, but I'm saying one. does don't most Instagram models live in LA? Well, so he comes out to LA, nah, 6 shots. New York, New York's got some Instagram models. Come on. It's too cold. Nah. I think they're out there. Well, New York has a good model. I'm scene. saying, there was that rumor that he was going after an Instagram model. So Jen Selter? Jen Selter. Selter. If she was in L.A. and he's in L.A. and he's six shots in, he's not playing good the next day. Oh, Jen Selter's oh, a Lakers oh. fan. We need to know this. You need to know this. Jen Selter's a Knicks fan. She's a Lakers fan. She's right, a Chris Topps Porzingis fan. She's a, no, she's a Porzingis stan. Lakers fan, Porzingis stan, but <laughs> secretly a sleeper agent for the Lakers. To oh, make she's trying to get Porzingis KP. Play, yeah, exactly. To the Lakers. <laughs> to play, yes, there we go. She's That's wild. We've connected all the dots. Oh, man, it's ridiculous. Uh, you heard it here first on SLB. Um, How about? Porzingis the Lakers. No. Oh, my actual <laughs> all right, digressing to actual more analysis. So we have to talk about uh, NBA overreaction Twitter. We're going to probably lump in the Raptors here because I don't believe in them. But first, we're going to address the Rockets being the Warriors. And does that mean anything? (laughs) 
Twitter went off that day. It oh my stupid. god! Please indulge me. I wasn't on Twitter. I was just watching the game. Like uh, one of the, not one of you millennials. I'm more of an old timer. You uh, actually watched the games? I was actually watching it on analog, <laughs> not digital. I had to adjust oh, my no. wires on my TV. So please enlighten me. Alex, give us this. All right. Love so that. recently. I don't remember what day it was last week, but last week. Damn, he doesn't even remember. The just say last week. Man, I'm a Warriors fan. The regular season don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the Houston played the uh, the Warriors, and they won. What? <laughs> Soundly what? defeated them. You know what? I give them props. It's not easy to beat the Warriors, even in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I give them props for that. Houston Twitter went wild afterwards. Mm. Just started overreacting, doing victory laps all over the internet. Local Houston analysts, radio analysts, were going off, giving their, <laughs> their best hot takes. Typical Houston, man. About God. why the Warriors are so bad. Annoying. Why Steph Curry isn't good. Jeez. You know, just your, your typical <laughs> Warriors hater stuff. Yeah. I mean, okay, can I be honest? They did beat the Warriors. The Warriors are pretty great. Do you know what? I give Do them, they deserve I a give little celebration? That. I give them the... But here, here's the thing. Whenever, whenever somebody beats the Warriors... It brings out the worst takes because it's just these takes that don't make sense. Yeah. Because these same people that complain about the Warriors are too stacked, they have four All Stars, blah blah blah. As soon as the Warriors lose, the Warriors see that's why the Warriors aren't good. That's why mm. Steph Curry is a scrub. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I don't. I feel bad when people criticize Steph Curry. He's like really good. <laughs> like I, I know. I know that's like hashtag analysis. He's really good, but like. There's no player I have more fun watching than Stephen Curry when he plays. It bothers me to see Steph get hated on because he really doesn't do anything to like. Yeah. He's it. the easiest target, if be, we're being honest. Be like rude to people. Like he'll be rude to you on the court, but that's on the court. Off the court, in public, on in interviews. Cool dude. Cool dude. You know, he'll give his props. He won't make any excuses, and yet people still want to take shots at him. Because, I think he's the easiest one oh, to go at, if we're being honest. Yeah. Like KD is... Too easy? I think that's why people have been like... Katie's just no, funny. Katie's funny to watch get upset. Yeah. <laughs> but Steph is like just too easy to talk smack about, honestly. Just, we need to realize that the no one's going to beat the Warriors if they're healthy. So some they have to get their kicks off somehow. They have to you like know, try like, to be... That's you know, Let us have this. It's January. I'm pretty sure it snows in Houston. Does it? Um, does right it? now it is. Never yeah, been there. It's snowing in Houston. I didn't even know it snowed in Houston. Are you guys sure it snows in Houston? Positive. Are you guys positive that it that does? cold front? I'm not sure. I don't Let's think just pretend because I don't like Houston. I hope it snows. I don't like Houston either. But yeah. I do. I do. I do. Mm, I lied. No. I do. I was just trying to be cool. They don't have I mean, let them have this. <laughs> I I say let them have this, but also overreaction Twitter is probably the funnest Twitter. Overreaction Twitter is great. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I've been hearing uh, Raptors to the finals. I'm like, what are you? Oh, no, okay. Just because Demar Derozan is now dominant and Kyle Lowry is just as good doesn't mean Demar Derozan that's is 2008 not, Kobe. That's not what's going to carry them. 2018. That's not what's going to carry them. 2018 the Demar is 20 2008 Kobe. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know where this whole Look. Raptors are the Look. real thing. Is I think DeMar DeRozan is now the real thing, but again, what does that mean for the team? No. If if the Cavs stay as is right now, I think the Raptors could beat them. Yeah, I think so too. Do you really no. think the Celtics no are going to lose to the Raptors now? Yes. No. No. What? So yes. Raptors to the finals? Is that what you're telling me right now? Look, if we're being honest, mm, I don't like that. When defense starts to stiffen up in the playoffs, can the Celtics really rely on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Yeah. You think so? Like, really rely. Like, go they jump. have to score. They not only have to defend, they have to score. Because Kyrie's not going to be able to carry that team by himself. And Al Horford's not much of a scorer. 
Yeah, I, do you, you so it. you think the Raptors are gonna? So you're part of overreaction Twitter too now. Yeah, right? I'm not gonna lie, but here's here's <laughs> here's my here's what actually makes me believe it. The Raptors have always had like the pretty solid like starting lineup. They're actually a good defensive team, good offensive team. They have a bench now. That was the one worrying thing for me in years past. Like they never had a bench. Every time their bench came in, it was like bad to watch. All they had was Corey Joseph, and now they're stacked, dude. Mm. They have players like a score, players that defend, Jacob. Was it Jacob Jacob, Jacob Portal? That dude's funny to watch. Kyle Kuzma, weird looking as hell. Kyle Kuzma makes fun of him too. Kyle Kuzma's a clown though. I love Kyle Kuzma. So speaking of clowns, um, why are we fighting? Why are we fighting NBA? Oh yeah. Let's why talk is about the NBA. Why got, is everybody in the NBA so mad? Let's see, look at we have to talk about it. We have to first look up at all the NBA fights. There was none. The MLK was like, Day was bad. Was that like was four? the worst of it. It was like three <laughs> fights. There was three games. There was three fights. Yeah. The one that was the... Oh, man. The Clippers and Rockets one was so dramatic. Oh, my God. Oh, that was man. So the yo, bro. Yo, you know what I'm upset? I'm upset because I had work in LA that day, right? Mm-hmm. I'm at work. I'm talking to my coworker, a Clippers fan. We're talking about the game. I'm like, oh, they're playing in LA today. Check the tickets. $20 tickets. Oh, man. Gee, you could have been there. I get, off, I get off at 7. I could have driven or like... Like just Uber, moseyed on over, moseyed on over to I Staples, watched the game. Could have saw I'm so NBA upset. history right there. You know there. what I did? I just went home and ate dinner, and that was it. Uh, I'm so upset with you myself. Saw Tariq I could Black, the I Trojan been horse, there for the fight. <laughs> Wait, Tariq the Trojan horse, Black. Yeah. It's not Clint Capella. I like, I like the story better when it was Clint Capella. Yo, it's lie. funny with Clint Capella though. But it's, it's even huge. better that Tariq Black is now the Trojan horse. It's funny. Why is yeah. Gerald Green there? Jared why Green. was why was he part of the? He's got a just show up for got a stroke no more. He could just dunk. Uh, <laughs> no, but 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 I'm saying like he's, he's been out. there. He's been there what a month? And why did he show up with the the cavalry? That's what I'm saying. He needs to show out early. Like he needs he to show. He's got to show his player. loyalty. Yeah, Is he on a contract here? Is that what's happening here? Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. Did you? Didn't, what was your image when they said secret tunnel? Because I was thinking secret tunnel, avatar, secret tunnel, but also. And Nacho Libre, when that woman, there's the tunnels in the house at Ramsey's house. Oh, you remember no. that? And she was crawling through the vents. I it could have been a little tunnel for Chris imagine, Paul. Yeah, I can imagine little Chris Paul just wriggling in there like he's at like a boot camp. No, apparently. <laughs> I mean, they're barbed wire and like muck. And okay, he's like, apparently mm. it's an official tunnel. Yeah. Like uh, Kobe used to use it a lot. Kobe, Kobe for sure used it because sometimes he just didn't want to talk to people, didn't want to talk to media, etc. So Chris Paul knew about it because of his star power. But I guess his. The whole thing was he didn't lead them there, but he was like, yo, if you really want to do something, here's the tunnel. <laughs> so he basically told them, like, yeah. go do something. I mean, Austin Rivers has, <laughs> you know, Austin Rivers just makes anyone mad. So if you're mad at Austin Rivers, he arguably has, like, a top five punchable face in the NBA. He does. He so really I, could, does. I could defend Chris Paul right there. Just They like a little drama, but we need to talk about why is there so much drama Look, right now. Austin Rivers is whack. But why, I mean... <laughs> He's been in the league for like five years. Okay, why hasn't anyone punched him until now? There's a reason know. why. Why wait, this wait. year is there fighting, friend? All right. We have to get Let's... our expert analysis here. He's been crunching um, some numbers, qualitative <laughs> and quantitative observation. Oh, my God. Give me your hashtag Someone analysis. Me. So let's, let me hashtag analysis. So we all know this NBA season has been pretty bad when we take into consideration how the refereeing has gone, Right. Can I please get a confirmation? It's awful. It's <laughs> it's it's ass. So refs have been bad. And we've heard about tensions between refs and players. I think the players are so mad at the refs that they'd rather take it out on each other mm. than on a ref. Because imagine this. Imagine a player's mad at a ref. 
You can't punch a ref. No. You punch a ref, you're out of the league for at least a year. Mm. Uh, let's be honest. You're not going to play. But you punch another player, that's 35K. What do you? You don't need 35K. You keep punching players. You can you, punch um, literally 30 players and it only be a million dollars. There you go. You punch a ref, <laughs> it costs you potentially whole, a contract. Your whole life. In the NBA. Right? Damn, that's true. That's a whole that's year true. off. The NBA is going to say no. I'd rather punch a player. You ask mm. me, I'd be punching players left and right. I ain't punching no ref. <laughs> Let's serve two evils there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, punching a stanchion really doesn't do it anymore. And you can break your hand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and let's take, like, and his cancer, he punched a chair once. Broke his hand. Broke his hand. Oof. So we shouldn't be punching anything but other players. <laughs> that new what? Nike, shock absorbent. <laughs> that new Nike, shock absorbent. Uh, Taylor's going to start wearing gloves <laughs> on the Yo, court wait, now. Yo, wait, no, these jerseys aren't even durable. Yeah. Oh. No. I don't know how true this taken. this theory is. I don't know. I just feel it. But I, I feel it too. Yeah, right? Yo, okay. Sean Livingston never got a tech in his life. Never never even like got mad at a ref or really complains. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a tech and he gets ejected that same game? That ref was so whack. The Yo, ref stepped up to him. The ref stepped to him. He just yeah. like... He was trying to talk to him, and the ref stepped to him and said, "You're out of here." The ref was with it. That okay. Respect to that ref. Okay, let's that ref was let's with try it. to let's try to dissect what's going on with these refs. The refs. What's going on on the referee side? Why are they? I'm seeing a Space Jam esque situation. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine Space Jam that plot of that movie, but it's with the best referees in the world. The monsters, referees, monsters have taken the best refs' powers, and these refs are just bad at refing now. So now the monsters have all the best refs. Yeah, so Joey Crawford is the Michael Jordan of this <laughs> ref but he's Space gone. Jam. He's yeah, retired. but he's like the GOAT. Oh. So he's got to he's got to come back. Yeah. He's got to come back out of retirement and stop these refs. Wow. That's exactly what's going to happen. Have you not noticed this? This is You guys know that there's a ref who was drafted the same year as Michael Jordan, but there he ended go. up being a bust and he became a ref. He was a player? Yeah. So he got drafted same year as Michael Jordan. What rank? Huh? I forgot where he got drafted. But he wasn't like a low draft pick or anything. Like, like not too low, I don't remember. He was think. a bust and then he yeah, was and he what if he like, has a vendetta? Being I think he was in the lottery. Like if my memory serves me. Hmm. He was a player that got drafted in the lottery and then he sucked. He was a bust, so he became a ref. And now he's still a ref to this day. So who wins? His, whose career was longer, huh? True. Hope he doesn't get punched. Haywood Workman? We already went through this. Only play. Oh, but he used to be a player. <gasps> Is he a punchable ref? That's what I mean. Nah. Oh. Whoa, wait. He's, Whoa. We got this a guy behind enemy lines, dude. He's going to take out the refs from inside. <laughs> he knows the player's frustration. Like, I like, mean, the fighting, I think, isn't as bad as people are making it uh, look out to be. Like, near Nikola Miritich and Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis literally f- broke his hand on Nikola Miritich's face. That was dope. And now and look they, at Miritich. Yeah, and they're combining for, like, they beat the Celtics. They combined for 47 points one night. And Bobby Portis actually got all-star votes. Yeah, so. imagine getting punched so hard that you become a better basketball player. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what world are we living in? This thing's wild. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> Wait, punch a ref. Maybe the wrench will get better. The oh, my get God, better. dude. Jesus. Adam Silver is going to send his elite squad of hitters against us. I can, I can take Adam we don't Silver condone one-on-one. any of that on our pod. We were just talking about it. Uh, don't find us, Adam. I could go one on one. Yo, really? Uh, we don't condone any violence on this podcast. So is I it do. an anti-violence pod? <laughs> I'm just like I do. I condone violence. Oh no, friend! I'm, just oh. I'm not ready to take that stance yet. 
Give me like a week or two. <laughs> and that's it for the first episodes of season two of Sons of the Beach. It was a good one. Uh, it was really a pleasure to bring it to you. I know it's kind of rusty. We're still trying to get our feet under us again, but all things considered, pretty good job. And pretty I think it's just because uh, we're just happy to be back here and have everyone else's support. Please feel free to comment. Um, just leave us any reviews on podcast app on Apple Store. Please just let us know what we're doing right and nothing else. <laughs> and leave no, all your negative comments no. now. Do not be afraid to leave us comments that you think we can work on things. We really want to make this as good a podcast as possible. We have a lot of big things in store, more guests, bigger topics. We're going to probably do a lot better with the editing. It's going to be coming out at the right time, and it's going to be great. So we appreciate all the support so far. Uh, special thanks to Jess. That's our, that's our dog over there, still supporting us, even though they probably don't support what we say in here. <laughs> Uh, special thanks to Christian, always helping us out because we still don't know how to use this booth yet. Uh, special thanks to our significant others. For carrying us. The Sons of the Beach. We wouldn't be as good or as mindful or as just pretty much respectful and intelligent without the people behind us. Mm -hmm. So thank you all. Mm -hmm. uh, special thanks to my homie Rish, RIP. Um, passed away last month. It was a tough, tough transition for me, but... His energy and all the good stuff he's done for me has put me in a good mind space after realizing that. And for that, the pod continues stronger, better than ever. And special thanks to everyone in this room right now. Special thanks to Francisco Vidaris and <laughs> Alejandro Ramos. And thank you, everyone. You guys have anything to say over there? I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Well, here just so you won't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm happy to be back. I was literally losing my mind because I didn't have anything to do Whoa. over the break. I was like, man, I was talking to myself. I was pretending I was on the podcast Whoa. while sitting on the couch <laughs> watching games. Should have recorded on your phone. I should have, but nah, I'm happy to be back. It's it's, uh, it's going to be a good semester. We're going to finish out college uh, on a strong note, and then the podcast will end forever. And it's not ever happening ever again. <laughs> you got anything to say, friend? Um, I quit. Oh, oh dang. All right, <laughs> well, appearance. now we can replace him with a woman. <laughs> so openings, <laughs> yes. Uh, honestly, yo, if you're a person of a marginalized group, you're a woman of color, queer, LGBT, we want to hear from you. We want to have some uh, some guests from those communities come on and talk about their experiences in, uh, in sports and athletics. How they view that, even if they don't they really view it. passionate about it. Exactly. You know, you don't have to know anything about the scores or who's winning or who's this and that, you know. We just want to expand, diversify the perspectives that we put on here. We can only do so much as straight men. So we really want to uh, become vessels for, you know, those voices. We want to help those voices get out there. Yeah, this podcast should be like, you know, should be a voice. It's a platform. Yeah, there platform. Doesn't so. get out to many people, but nonetheless, it's out there. Yeah, you know I'm just happy so. to be here. Um just appreciate all of you all, and uh, we look forward to the next episode. Bye-bye now. Bye, bye, bye. Deuces. I love you <laughs> unconditionally. <laughs> I thought we couldn't tell them that we both. Good. Wow, good stuff.